say, aight, 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 I hear you, B, I hear you, B. Shit, shit was aight, you know what I'm saying? Aight, 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 nigga, peep though. If you SBA pay, you call me Young Repo, Old Debo. You can rapidly move your feet, so. But nigga, what's graphics to a cheat code? You know that Garrett's ain't for the hood. Turn yeah, we are back. Cheetos. It's Monday, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to keep the on Monday. I'm back here with my brother Kenny T. Uh, decided to forego the uh, countdown because we're starting right on schedule today at uh, 6 p.m. Eastern. Kenny, it's been a couple weeks. How you doing, fam? Can't complain, you know, working hard from New York, tired, but working. We moving, bro. We moving. How was you doing out there in Cuba, living large? Uh, Yeah, Cuba was a very interesting trip. We're going to get into that uh, in a on, bit. No. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, the Cuba experience, uh, some news that dropped uh, as it relates to Cuban fighters being able to turn pro, uh, which is awesome. Um, especially for those fighters being able to, you know, earn some money finally and not just do everything in the unpaid ranks. Uh, we're going to talk about what happened this past weekend. Uh, I'll do another live this week where I talk about kind of the shit that I missed the last two weeks because a lot happened in boxing when I was gone. But let, let's stick to last week, Kenny, and the week to come. And, um, yeah, we, we got the lead topic that we'll get into a little bit later on about diet and exercise. Two things that I know you're big on, Kenny. I'm going to make a big announcement, uh, a personal announcement, see if anybody joins me as it relates to diet and exercise. But let's get started, brother, by letting people know who was here first and who's live with us. It's Mano a Mano again. This is episode 42. We got Off the Ropes boxing and MMA. I love my brother Off the Ropes, fam. I miss off the ropes boxing and MMA. He was first up in here. Uh, we got to give him some credit for that. Slide tendencies, a member. He's not only a sub, he's a member. He's here. The Dawn himself was up in here. The big dog, Nando Jamas, the OG, he's up in here. Chicano Prophet, mi hermano causando panico. Tony's here with us. SSC's with us. Team Batman Boxing is here with us. Uh, William Boxing is here with us. We got the whole crew ready to get started with Mano a Mano with my brother K.O. Kenny, Kenny T. So let's get right into it, Kenny. We ready to rumble, baby. If you're good with that, let's get into what happened Saturday. So, uh... As, as I was away, you know, I was really looking forward to the weekend that would eventually come because there were not one, not two, not three, but I counted four cards that took place Saturday, okay? Beginning with the one live from just outside Tokyo, it was Triple G, Gennady Genetovich Golovkin, you know, someone who I've been accused of being a hater of. I'm not a hater, I just don't rank him as highly in the all-time great, uh, the Pathians of the all-time greats that some other people do. That's, that's just me, okay? I'm not out here calling him a top five middleweight. Uh, anyways, he took on a Murata out there in Japan. It was a unification fight for the IBF, IBO, and WBA. Should we count the IBO title, Kenny? Do I need to mention that one? No. Okay. <laughs> so let me rephrase that. It was. I mean, it's a nice, colorful belt, though. Whatever you know, what I'm saying it, it's, jewelry, it's jewelry, right? It's like it's like jewelry. a ring that's not really gold or whatever you want. You know what I'm saying it's like the silver ring. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's. It, what, let me ask you this: Bringing up silver, would you rather be the holder of the WBC silver title or the IBO world title? <laughs> I just thought I, 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 I guess silver has different values in different places, huh? Yeah, so you go in <laughs> WBC silver then? Yes. Okay. Uh, WBC diamond or IBO world title? I, I don't even got to answer that one, man. You already know. <laughs> WBC franchise or IBO world title? Oh, I'm going with IBO world title. Over the franchise? 
Ain't nobody trying to be no franchise <laughs> champion. <laughs> okay. I'm supposed to have you champion, bro. I got, I got one more for you, bro. I got yeah. one more for you. IBO world title or WBA Reggie belt? That's a, yeah, tough, that's one. a tough one. Yeah, that's tough a one. tough one. That's a tough one, man. Huh? It's a I, tough I, one, I, right? I, I, I'm gonna go with the with the WBA Reggie, nonetheless, man. I, I think you kind of gotta go with the red the W the, the WBA uh, Reggie title has the legacy of being an original title. Whereas the IBO, it's like, yeah, a few guys have held it, but you look up and down their rankings. Like most of the world champions, most people won't rate. Anyways, uh, back to it, uh, Murata. You know, I thought that he had the potential to beat Triple G. I'm not going to lie because, you know, Triple G being 40 years old and all that, uh, Triple G having struggled a little bit with Zaremeta, who I thought put hands on him a little bit. But more more accurately, uh, you know, I, I thought that Devrinchenko actually beat him. You know, Rolls touched him up a little bit, as did Zaremeta. But Rolls and Zaremeta didn't have punching power, whereas Murata does have punching power. And you can see he touched up Triple G a couple times. Uh, excuse the noise. It's quite noisy out here by the Yankees game. Um, but it wasn't enough. And and by the end, uh, end, towards the end of the fight, Triple G had caught his second, if not third, win and got Murata up out of there. Um, but Murata, I, I think, took about two or three rounds where he did pretty well. But overall, it just wasn't enough. Uh, all those Japanese people couldn't really uh, push him to victory. Uh, he had to fight the battle himself, and he just wasn't good enough to beat Triple G. Having said that, uh, quick critique of the of the uh, of the show on the Zone. I'm not usually very critical of of the Zone and of their broadcasts, but I know you're all into audio content and audio quality, Kenny. Uh, Maestro says the mixing was bad on that one. The audio of the commentators was way too high, and the mixing wasn't right with the crowd. Uh, and with the fight, I, I feel like we missed a little bit of of that. And it wasn't just down to the Japanese audience being quiet. I could tell by watching the card, it's like the broadcasters weren't there. You know, that they were in some studio somewhere and that they were kind of drowning out the live feel. That that was my sense of it anyways, Kenny. But let me get to, let me get to Nando real quick and then all in on your thoughts on the fight. We got a super chat from Nando. Nando says, yo, how's it feel to be labeled a hater by all two GGG-friendly boxing man, media and useful Twitter idiots? Old narratives are hard to kill. I mean, look, I think he's a great fighter. I just don't buy into the narrative that he's got 21 title defenses because I don't rate the Reggie belt. Like We talked about the Reggie belt earlier. I don't rate the IBO championship. We just talked about that. So I'm not saying that he beat B-Hop you know, Monzone and Hagler in terms of defenses. I'm not going to do it, and I'm not going to put him up there with those guys as middleweights. And I know, Nando, you probably feel the same. But to you, Kenny, uh, tell me what you thought about Triple G uh, this weekend, uh, the first card uh, main event that we'll that we'll talk about today on Mano a Mano. Well, I, I didn't catch it live, so I didn't get to see the mixing and the, with the sound, with the audience and 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 the commentators. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't watch it live. That was at five a.m. Me, I had just gone to sleep at four a.m. I was trying to stay awake. It didn't work out. Um, but no, man, Triple G came out on fire. Triple G looked amazing. First of all, he looked fucking amazing for a forty-year-old. That man was in great shape. Very well cut up, good, ready to go. His gas tank was good. Uh, and he was able to take the power and he was able to dish out more power. I thought he would, this was probably the most impressive Triple G fight I've seen in a long time. Uh, he got hit. He got hit with some hard stuff. He got touched up. But it's going to happen in a fight against another world-class fighter. Um, and he, But he was able to roll with the big punches. He got. There was definitely a couple times he got buzzed. There was a couple times it looked like he was going to go on the chicken legs, but he caught his his foot in when he went back. Look, he did fucking amazing. He he weathered the storm. He came back with power. He was in great shape. He did not look like a 40-year-old man. 
that shows everybody hard work and dedication and working out is, is all you need. Age is nothing but a number. I tell you that. And I mean it. The only thing that happens as you get older is you get lazier, you get more comfortable and you start wanting to do less. When you start wanting to do less, that's when your abilities go down. Big props to your man, Triple G. Big man. That's Big Dog G right there. So does he Big needs, Dog G some have, respect? Does does Big Dog G have a chance at Canelo? That one I, I didn't say all that. Well, I'm just that. That's why I'm asking. You didn't. <laughs> well, I'm asking. I mean, look, he looked amazing. He looked powerful. We know Canelo's also very amazing and powerful. And this, this is supposed to take place at 175, which Canelo is going to be fighting a Bevo, which is much lo- taller and larger and probably could present the same or equivalent power as Triple G because Triple G was in a lower weight class, if you understand what I'm saying. Bigger guys hit harder. It just is the way life is. So, Triple G's gonna be, I mean, uh Canelo's gonna be warm and ready at that division. I don't I didn't think Triple G won either of the first two fights. He did look better than both of the first two fights in terms of uh physical condition, shape, uh, you know, his mindset. Like mm-hmm. he was going in there trying to win the fight. He wasn't going in there do you know, not doing too much and then saying he won the fight at the end of the fight. He went in there and he looked strong. So yo, big props to him, and but I'm not gonna say that. He's going to be Canelo. Let's see. I still think Canelo would win a third time, although if he fights the way he did against Murata, it's going to be a much closer fight. We do, but we do have to see what Canelo's going to do against Bivol and how this muscle that he's putting on in the vegan diet is going to change him up and stuff. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flat out say it. Canelo's about to stop Triple G. Um, I don't see Triple G going 12 rounds. Let's see. Oh, my answer, you're hating on Triple. I'm not hating on Triple G. I don't think so. But the dude that got touched up like that by Morata, by Rolls, by Devonchenko, and by uh, Zarameta, um, and the guy who lets – he had to struggle for a little bit during this fight, which is normal. I mean, it's a nip-and-tuck battle with a Japanese middleweight star in his home country, and the guy was laying hands on him, and Triple G battled through it. But the openings that were there uh, – are going to be there for Canelo. Um, And Murata has a much more, I would say, a linear attack, a slower attack, an attack that uses way less feints. And as much as as hard as he hits, uh, there's a little bit of predictability in in his approach, and I think that Canelo hits harder. Um, And Canelo has already gone the distance with Triple G. Canelo's already felt... The, the power of Triple G. Remember, Triple G was demanding Mexican style. Why don't you fight me like a real Mexican? Why don't you go toe-to-toe, mano-a-mano with me in the center of the ring? Canelo did it. He, he gave him everything he asked for. And as far as I'm concerned, Triple G isn't better than the Triple G that fought Canelo the second time. But Canelo is much better so. than, that, than the Canelo that fought Triple G the second time. I, I agree and that I Canelo agree. is much better. But I, I, bro, and the, triple, the, the, the triple G that I saw this past weekend mm-hmm. was not the triple G that we saw in the previous couple of fights, at, at, at least not in my opinion. I, I didn't see the you same he triple improved. G. I, I, I'm not gonna say he improved, I think he has the same skills. I just think he came out a little more aggressive. He came, he came out not as tentative, he came out like he was trying to win this fight and he was just in way better shape. It's, he, he, he's not getting better. His style is his style. The punches he throws are going to be the punches he throws from the angles that they come with the same power that they come that they have came in the last few fights. You know, I'm not saying he's going to change his skill. And he's going to get better. I think he was just in way better physical condition and a different mindset. Mindset matters everything. If you in there trying to survive or you in there trying to win by decision, it's not the same as if you're going in there trying to knock a dude out. You know, so. Got it. So, uh, look, it's a trilogy fight. Um, I don't know if this is going to be Police Academy 3, uh, Revenge of the Nerds 3, uh, Fast and Furious, Tokyo Drift. I'm thinking of all of these, like, bad third movies. Uh, the Karate Kid 3. Um, I don't really... I don't think it's going to be bad, <laughs> like those, as a trilogy. Uh, but I definitely... Do not think it's going to be as competitive as the first two fights. That's just my little humble opinion over here. Uh, 
you know, maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe Triple G, the 40-year-old version. Trust me, I'm the same age as Triple G now. You know, we're both 82 worse, 1982. You know, I know how hard it is uh, to feel young again at this age, and we're going to get into that later with the diet and exercise portion of the show, Kenny. But, uh, yeah, I'm favoring Canelo in this fight. Uh, Definitely favoring Canelo in this fight. Moving on, though, uh, we had some other cards of interest. Um, And uh, I want to get into the DAZN card, Kenny, because, look, uh, the other DAZN card, the Golden Boy DAZN card, the main event, the showstopper, okay? A guy who uh, my colleague, my comrade, D-style boxing refers to as Lion Ryan. Um, Ryan Garcia was taking a lot of slack the past couple years uh, for not fighting, um, for um, citing mental health concerns while also being critical of fighters online. That much I didn't really have much of a problem with. Uh, Leaving his trainer, Eddie Reynoso, linking up with Joe Goosen, and um, taking on an opponent in Emmanuel Tago who was supposed to essentially be uh, a showpiece, you know, uh, an easy KO, uh, but wasn't. Uh, He went 12 rounds. Um, It looked like a physical mismatch from the ding of the opening bell. Kenny, what were your thoughts on Ryan Garcia's performance Saturday night against Emmanuel Tagoe at a, not even at lightweight, by the way, at a catchweight of like, what was it, 139 pounds or something? Yeah. Right, wasn't even a lightweight fight. What, what were your thoughts on this? Uh, look, uh, I think that maybe he was actually going to through some mental health things. I think that he switched to go Joe Goosen, but although he was switched to Joe Goosen, I think he was doing his best impression of Canelo, trying to uh come forward. Uh, a little more flat footed, right? Trying to trying to come forward, power his man. At first, he was trying to rip body shots. He didn't rip nowhere near enough body shots to get to go beat and tired. Uh, to put him out towards the later rounds. If he would have landed some more body shots in the beginning, the ending could have been much different. But yes, to go was much undersized. He did have the longer reach. Uh, and I knew he was a boxer. He, I knew he was fast. He was a boxer. I knew he wasn't really going in there to lose. But I knew he wasn't going in there to win either. Uh. I don't know. Was it impressive? Not exactly. It was it was it was kind of boring, especially when you got it going at the same time as Lubin Fundora. Like the, 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 the boxing uh, the you're boxing managers. Both, you're watching both at the same time. I, I couldn't do that. It's so difficult, bro. You don't understand. I'm like, and and then I saw the action happen in Lubin. I was like, forget this triangle. I said, Oh my god. And then and then uh in the between rounds, go back to the other fight. Bro, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. But Ryan Garcia. I think he'll be fine. I still do think he needs more training time. I think he put, probably was going through some mental situations. Uh, and I think he's definitely trying to figure out his identity right now. I don't know if you noticed. He came back with a whole bunch of tattoos. He wasn't the same smiling, happy-go-lucky Ryan Garcia. He was now this serious face, stand-up tall, stand-up straight Ryan Garcia that tries answering everything more monotone, less feeling. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it may be some identity crisis type of thing, trying to prove something. I don't know. I think he'll be fine, though. Uh, Joe Goosen is is a great trainer, and I did watch his interview on uh, after the fight, saying lots of things that they're working on, you know, and that they're going to continue working on. And how it was first fight, short time, they need more time. Etc. Etc. I think Ryan Garcia would be all right. I don't think it was an impressive fight, though. Yeah, I, I I think he'll be okay. I also don't think it was a very impressive performance, but let's face facts. There was a long layoff. There was a trainer change. Uh, the fact that this fight wasn't even at lightweight tells you how ready he is to compete at the lightweight division, especially when you're taking on a guy who looks like he's undersized to be a lightweight in the first place in a manual to go. I don't know why they picked to go, uh, you know, I heard at the time that they were trying to get Isaac Pitbull Cruz, um, but those negotiations, if they ever started, I don't even know if they did, but they definitely fell apart. That'd be a Uh, bad idea. He needed a more offensive guy, though, in there, I think, Kenny. Uh, Not a guy that was going to be running and dancing around for for 12 
12 rounds. Little did I know that when he was taking his time dancing to the ring, that he was going to be doing the same thing in the ring after the bell started. You know, I mean, it, it was kind of crazy how, how, how long it took to go to get started um, in the fight. I mean, it didn't even look like he was trying to win until what, round 11 or 12? Um, so, you know, Jojo Diaz did make a great point though on the telecast, which is that at some point when you're just chasing a guy around the ring, you got to try to take a different approach. And his suggestion was make the guy attack you, um, you know, but something different needs to happen. I'm sure he'll go back to the gym, though, with Joe Goosen. Joe Goosen's a great trainer and that they'll figure it out for the next one. But, you know, I, I give him a, a C plus on, on that performance. Personally, he passed. Uh, but um, am I excited to see him um, in a big fight? Uh I don't know. It's a bad no. idea. No. I, I, I think it would be bad for Ryan right now if he took on like a Tank Davis in his next fight, personally. You mentioned Pitbull Cruz. Mm, yeah. Did you see Pitbull Cruz sparring recently? No, that's a that's a terrible idea. I mean, Pit, Pitbull Cruz is, is, is a guy that brings it. We know this. He's a guy who's literally a, fights like a Pitbull fights. With a fucking chin. Yeah, definitely. So, uh... There you go. Do, do you want to talk about the undercard, the female fight? Um, I don't know if I really the the uh, Esparza versus Fujioka. Yeah, I mean the Fujioka. I mean she's forty seven, forty eight, or something. I mean, um, you know, she did what she could. I'm, I don't want to knock her, but um, you know, I, I just think that in a lot of these divisions, uh, you know, there's a lack of of top tier in prime um, fighters. You know, um, you know, when you're when you're world champion in such a small weight class, too, is is that age. I mean, it really speaks to the lack of depth in the division, personally, as far as I'm concerned. You know, I mean, if I'm going to apply the same standard to men, imagine someone in a, a man in that weight class being a world champion at like 47 to 48 years old. I mean, what would that say about that division? You know? Not nothing good. Not, nothing good. Which is which is which is exactly my opinion of that fight. Nothing good. So she got the W. It is what it is. But I, I'm personally ready to just move on. I don't know about you. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I actually didn't get to see that fight because it was my sister's birthday. We was out at a restaurant when that fight was taking place. I made it. I made it back home to catch. Made it right back to catch the main event. So, mm. um, but. Well, uh, one thing I do want to talk about uh, that I can't believe actually happened. What's that? Gabe Rosado losing. You can't believe it happened. It's happened like yeah. He's look, 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 look who he lost to the his bum loss, son. His lost column is in the teens, though. Yes, yes. I can't believe he lost to the, I mean, the got, bum son. I've got friends with with whose kids are the same age as the amount of losses that he has. <laughs> You know what I mean? I mean, it, it's it, he lost to No Sugar Shane Mosley Jr. Yeah, and, I, and, and and he got like beat. Like there was zero shot of him winning that fight. Like, bro, he's got fifteen losses, fam. Yeah, but this was Shane Mosley Jr. What? That's a sophomore in high school, dog. This was Shane Mosley Jr. I understand, I understand that, but this was I mean, Shane Mosley Jr. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I've never really been impressed by Shane Mosley Jr., to be honest with you. I mean, he definitely is not Kostya Zoo's kid, Tim Zoo, you know, and Kostya Zoo also has another son that looks like he's going to be a pretty good fighter as well. Um, Look, uh, what can I say? I, I think it's time for Gabriel Rosado to call it a day. Um, you know, uh, he's in Hollywood. He trains out at a wild card gym. We've seen him in some movies. Hopefully he could get into some more movies and some more TV shows and that, that kind of thing. Yeah, maybe, money. maybe he could train. I, I, I don't really think he's that great on the mic, to be honest with you. Um, I, I wasn't that impressed with his work when he was out there in England covering the Daniel Jacobs fight, um, you know, and I wasn't that impressed by that. But, uh, you know, he, he he was okay in Creed. What would you think of him in Creed? I don't even remember him in Creed. Wasn't he in and Creed? I, 
I, I have no idea. I, I have I've never I seen one of those movies. I've never seen the movie with Gabe Rosado in it. And if I and if I had, I ain't catch him in it. I'm pretty chat. Help me out. Am I if, if, am I losing my mind in my old age or was he not in Creed? I'm pretty sure he was in Creed. A- anyhow, he lost. Shea Mosley Jr. Are you excited to see him again? Yes or no? Negative. All right, that's pretty I, no, much I mean, the same I, opinion that I have. What, 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 if if he's gonna fight again, put mm. him in against top, top competition and let it be one of those decision type of fights. You win. Okay, you showed something. Now, now you can continue boxing. You lose, retire. We never want to see you again. Well, th- this this fight took place at 168 pounds at the super middleweight division. Um, I don't really see him hanging Sugar Shane Mosley, honestly, with the guys in that division. Not in the top, not in the top tier, personally. So, I mean, who do you put him in there with? I mean, the guys. Maybe you put him in there with Beck the Bookie. Uh, Beck the Bookie. Beck the Bully. That's not bad, right? Would you want to see him against Beck the Bully, maybe? I actually think that that is a step up in competition. Uh, Gabe Rosado, you know, the puncher's mm-hmm. chance. You know, that that like 1% that people, or, or 0.1% that people be talking he's about. He's not really a puncher, though. Hey, the, the, the puncher's chance, that little 0.1% worked for him. He got lucky with that one punch because he was losing. If the fight would have been 12 rounds, he would have lost that fight. Whatever. Big props on knocking Beck the Mirror out. But Beck the Bully is a beast. And that'd be a great competition for get uh, uh for I said Gabriel Sado for Shane Mosley Jr. That'd be great competition. Great body work, a great come forward, great jet. Look, it's a fight that it's very losable for Shane Mosley Jr. So it is a fight that if he was to win or look good in, it would impress enough where people wouldn't be upset with him continuing to box and continuing yeah, to I mean, tarnish his father's losses. name. He's got four losses already, so it's not like his O has got to go. I mean, his O's been gone. So I mean, why not? You know, try try to get try to get uh, some 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 wins in there or some good competitive fights in against somebody with a name, right? Because let's face facts, he's not going to be fighting for a world title anytime soon, mm-hmm. you know? Anyways, let's move on, Kenny. Let's move on to the uh, Showtime card. Um, we had a good fella, Perella, not looking that great in the opening fight, um, trained by Roy Jones Jr. He actually looked better against Tony Harrison, to me, who's a better fighter. Tony Harrison actually looked pretty decent against Sergio Garcia, the same dude that... that, that impressive. Uh, yeah, that took Fundora many rounds. He looks sharp. He looks accurate. He looks like he's ready to make waves again at 154. By the way, one of the one of the best shit talkers in the game, Tony Harrison. Just saying. Country Harrison. I mean, he had you, he had you uh hating on him like a heel, Kenny. Going nah, for, going, he had going me, for huh? He going, had me spitting the facts. Huh? <laughs> he had me spitting the facts about that loss that he was getting ready to take. Nah, there you go. So, look, it, we're here to talk about the main event, though. The main event, obviously, being Sebastian Fundora taking out Erickson Lubin. Uh, I only know one other guy that called this fight with me on this one, and that was Joe Habib. Uh, most people thought that, you know, Fundora, the guy with the glasses, the guy that looks like he's, you know, ready to conduct science experiments more than, than box. Uh, the guy who looks tall, maybe a little fragile, but is anything but. Uh, he put on a great performance, bro. Uh, and in the moment where he kind of got a little bit uh, overzealous, I think, uh, in going for the kill against Lubin, he got caught, he got countered, uh, and he got hurt. Um, and he did something that's very smart that a lot of people consider – I texted you this, Kenny, a sign of weakness, but I see it as a sign of intelligence. You know you're hurt, all right? Um, Take a knee, take that break, get back up, win the next round. Um, Because that is a much better scenario than staying on your feet and absorbing unnecessary punches that might end the fight. So he got hurt by Lubin. He took a knee. He got back up. He he ended up... uh, I don't want to make light of Lubin's physical state, but he got fucked up. Uh, I mean, his face was a a mess, not just blood, but just lumps. All right. And he was getting hurt to the body, too, in that fight as well. I mean, Fundora, 
because of his height, uh, is able to see a lot of what his opponents are doing. And because of his hand speed um, and the fact that he can throw crisp combinations, can actually box very effectively on the inside. And also, I mean, we've all encountered these people throughout our lives, people that look skinny but are freakishly strong. He seems to be one of those dudes. You know, I'm sure people have played pickup basketball and other sports. You've all come across these guys. They look really skinny. Uh, you think you make it, you know, uh, bully them around a little bit in the post or whatnot, but they ended up actually being very, very strong guys. Sebastian Fundora is like one of those dudes, right? So we're seeing it in the chat already. Virtuoso saying Lubin got beat up by a six foot five nerd. I mean, that's what he looks like. Six six. Right? But he but but he's he is the he is the real deal. And I think he's gonna be a problem for anyone to contend with at 154 pounds because he doesn't even struggle to make 154. Do weight in at 152, two pounds under the limit for his fight, right? Uh, and we all saw that he can take a shot to the head and to the body. He can recuperate from a shot, as he showed us by getting off the mat. Uh, and he can box effectively at middle and short range when guys that size, especially in that division, are told to box tall and box long. So I'm all in on 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 Sebastian Fundora, you know, great kid, uh, great uh, uh, relationship you could see there with him and his father and him and his sister, who's also present and supporting him. A very impressive performance. Uh, I don't know how much Lubin is going to have left after this fight. Uh, this wasn't a one punch knockout. This was a brutal beatdown over multiple rounds. But Kenny, give us your thoughts on the fight. In fucking impressive. Look, Slide Tendencies just said Fundora was on them like a swarm of bees. And you know what this actually reminded me? Uh, of the way that Lubin's face was left? That Martin episode where Martin got stung by a shitload of bees and he had the full swollen face. We could pull up an image of it. But that's what it reminds me of because he really got beat up bad. And you know what? I was the one of the guys that had Lubin winning as well. Uh I was just not impressed with uh, Sebastian Fundora's last fight against Sergio. Um, I feel like Sergio was putting it on him. I feel like Sergio was landing most of the punches, most of the power punches, and I feel like he did buzz Fundora a few times in that last fight. So I, I just felt like Sergio won the previous fight, and that kind of turned me turned the buzz down for me a little bit regarding Fundora. But, yo, this guy... Came back and pressed like a beast. Came back with the power, with the angles, with the savage hooks. You know, like 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 Maestro said, he sees everything in there, and he's not afraid. People think that because he's a nice guy, he's gonna be afraid. Being a nice guy has nothing to do with being afraid or not. People in New York, it's like New Yorkers. They think walking around with the mean mug means something. You get knocked out real quick. That don't mean shit. Fundora. Real dude, beast out here, a problem for anybody at 154. And like I said, if he's a smart man, yes, chase that fight versus Jermel Charlo or, or Castaño, whoever wins that, chase that fight, become a champ and start going up the weight ranks. You can make history like nobody in this sport has ever made history. Going from 154 all the way to heavyweight, you, you imagine that? No, I mean, uh, it would be very difficult to imagine. Um, I know if he trains right for it, uh, he's still very young, but you if he trains right for it and he's like, let's say, in his mid to late 30s with a bunch of man weight and man muscle on him, you could potentially see him, him fighting as a cruiserweight or even as a heavyweight. Exactly. Whether he'd he's win a world six. title at that weight class is another story, but, you know, you, you could definitely six. see him doing something. He's 6'6", bro. Anthony Joshua's 6'6". Yeah, but Anthony Joshua also has a much larger back, much larger chest, much larger legs. That's That's all muscle. Yeah, I I understand that. I'm saying that he'd have to work on developing into that is all I'm saying. Yeah, slowly. I agree with you. What I think is, like you said, in his 30s or late, you know, because he's 23 right now, 24, something like that. He's like 24. Yeah, he's young, bro. Yeah, so in his 30s or... you know, uh, let's say like 33 or something like that. Mm-hmm. He could be in like cruiserweight, some right, like, and, and then, you know, a couple fights in heavyweight, get himself a belt and retire. You're nice and early and young, 35, 36, 37. 
call it a day. Walk away with all your faculties, big money, making history, crazy ass legacy. You imagine winning belts in every division from 154 all the way up to heavyweight. I mean, it's a it's a hard feat. Yeah, imagine and, just 154, even 175. I mean, or 200. I mean, any of it would be impressive, to be honest with you. So look, uh, if I'm Tim Zhu, I'm staying away from Sebastian Fundora. I'm trying to go straight to one of the champs, uh, Charlo or Castaño. I'm not going anywhere near this dude. Who uh, wins? Zhu or Fundora? You know what the thing is? What's the thing? The thing is this. It's the Sergio Garcia fight. Right? And I think that Tim Zhu is much better and much smarter and has way more diamonds more dimensions than Sergio Garcia and Sergio Garcia uh, with a systematic attack gave Sebastian Fundora problems. He did. Um, And I know people may not agree with me and this isn't retrospective thinking because I did pick Fundora to win this fight. I also think Tim Zhu is a much better fighter than um, Erickson Lubin. Um, I do. So uh, really, yeah, I do. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he's definitely there. There's to me, there's been an aura of like, uh, I don't, I want to pick my words carefully here. I think fragility is too strong. I would say vulnerability sounds just about right. Um, I don't see what happened to, uh, Lubin against Charlo happening to Tim Zhu. Uh, we saw him experience a flash knockdown in his fight against Gouchet, and he got right up like it was nothing. Like, he dealt with it. He went on. He won the round. He pretty much won every round in that fight. Uh, he fights within himself, uh, and what he fights within is actually very, very good. It's a good Who's jab. Against? It's a good white, right hand. Who's he fought against? He fought against... The same level of competition, I would argue, as as um, Fundora and as uh, I would actually say his competition is probably better than Fundora and better than Lubin, to be honest. The one name that Lubin has that 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 Tim Zhu doesn't have is obviously Charlo. But look at what happened to him when he fought Charlo. All of the all of the names on Fundora's record and on Charlo's record. I'm sorry, but Tim Zhu beats all of them, beats all of them handily. So. Yeah, I think he's better. I think he's better than 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 Lubin, and I think he's better than than Sergio Garcia. And the Spanish dude put put hands on Fundora, whether we want to acknowledge it or not. You acknowledged it already. I mean, the dude put hands on him, right? So, but I did say that if I am Tim Zhu's people, and if they you know sign a deal with Maestro Management, I'm staying clear of. Of uh, Sebastian Fundora. The only way I'm fighting Sebastian Fundora, if if I'm on management or if I'm a fighter, is if I'm required to do so or it's for a title. That's it. I'm not looking at Sebastian Fundora for non-title fights. I'm just not doing it. I agree. It's a bad situation for anybody. Uh, That's what I said after I saw the fight yesterday. I'm like, oh, man. It's uh, like... It's great that he did that, but at the same time, it sucks that he did that because people going to be ducking this nice guy now. The people don't want to end up looking like Martin. No. You no. They don't. They, I feel they, so bad for Lubin. Yeah, I mean, Lubin's from the same island, you know, as, you, as, your, as, your, uh, as your people, you know, come from the same place. I mean, uh, you know, he's... Up here, son of immigrants, trying to do his thing, you know, make it in the sport of boxing. And uh, the sport of boxing is a tough sport, bro. It's tough. You know, it's, 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 a, it's a tough sport. So, so there you go. Look, uh, anything else you want to talk about from this past weekend before we get into the present and the future? Nah, we good to go. That was probably the most exciting big bomb show this weekend. Fundora, that fight had me running around the living room. We could go, we could move forward. We could move forward. All right. So um I came across a news report uh today. Um you know, typically with this essentially sport or essential sports uh feed that I get, that's like it's a little bit clickbaity. 
um, you know, they got these sensationalized topics that they want you to click on to look at. But, uh, you know, basically they talked about um, Canelo going vegan, right? And uh, then they were talking about Joe Rogan's comments about uh, veganism, all right? Um, I felt it would be interesting to talk about it, uh, you know, and also kind of dispel some ideas about what veganism is and what people say about it and et cetera, et cetera. So first thing, um, I think it's great that Canelo's made this move. Um, I'm a vegan myself, uh, you know, um, but the thing about veganism is it's not just about what you eat. It's about your lifestyle. So if, He's gone to a plant-based form of eating. That's great, uh, but that doesn't make him a vegan because if, you know, you use leather products, you're not a vegan. If you don't try to avoid using products that have been tested on animals, you're not a vegan. I could go on and on and on. But plant-based is a great way forward for Canelo, uh, for his health. But also, I think, too, um, kind of goes against that whole narrative out there about the quote unquote Mexican meat, you know, and how, you know, he's tainted because he eats meat that's from Mexico and he's a cheater because he ate meat or used it as an excuse for, you know, trace levels of clembuterol in his blood all those years ago. Um, So I think it's a good move overall for Canelo. Uh, Plant-based eating is very healthy. You know, you're, eliminating a lot of um, saturated fat from your diet, you know, a lot of cholesterol, you know, and um, I, I think it's a very clean way of, of doing it if, if he if he does it right. Um, Kenny, what are your thoughts on it? And I'm going to play a little bit of Joe Rogan talking about it, and I want to get your thoughts again. Go. Well, I think it's great that he's gone plant-based. Um, it's going to give him more energy. Like and he, he said, it's easier to digest. His stomach feels so much better. He feels so much more energy. Training is easier. He gets through it easier. Uh, he feels much lighter on his feet. So I think it's going to definitely benefit him. It's 100% going to benefit him. And you're right about the him not being vegan stuff because it also depends what you back. Uh, so I don't call myself vegan. I mean, I don't eat vegan anyway. I eat vegetarian uh, for the most part until I take the breaks for family holidays birthday parties etc etc but yeah i think it's amazing that he's doing that it shows the different levels of things that athletes do to be at their prime to be their best and it shows that he really is taking this fight with bevo seriously and he's gonna go in there and do damage that's what i'm seeing from it and regarding joe rogan i'm not exactly sure what it was that he stated and there may be some people like me uh, that are watching the show. So if you can just you know, let us know. I'll play, it. I'll play it right now. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's really what it is. It's it's an ideological battle. And in that sense, veganism becomes very much like a religion because you uh, like you support all the people that are on your side and the people that are opposed to you are like apostates. They're like, they're like the negative people that are trying to bring you to the dark side, to hell. (laughs) It gets, it gets really crazy. And there's a lot of evidence on their side in terms of like factory farming and the, the horrors of factory farming. And even the, the really incredibly poor modern American diet that they see a lot of people when they go vegan, what they're doing, one of the best things that they're doing is they're eliminating all the bullshit. They're eliminating all the trans fats and all the fucking, all the terrible shit that a lot of people eat that isn't vegan. Yeah. But the negative thing is most of them are eating diets that are far too carbohydrate rich. And if they're not getting their blood checked, they don't even know how unhealthy they are. They convince themselves they're doing much better and they're feeling much better. But a lack of cholesterol can fuck with your hormone functions. A lot of vegans have low hormones because of that. We, uh, One of our regulars at Antler uh, was. In this case, he's talking to some dude that that I think is like a mostly meat-based chef or whatever. Look, at the end of the day, uh, there's plenty of proteins that you can get from plant-based sources. Um, you know, if you go vegan and all you do is eat potato chips and popcorn or whatever, then yeah, I mean, you're not really doing a good thing with your diet. But I don't think Canelo, the multimillionaire boxing superstar celebrity athlete, is going to have any trouble 
finding clean sources of plant-based protein, Kenny, whether it's from nuts or legumes or tofu or any of the many uh, plant-based meat products that exist out there right now. Uh, I think Canelo's going to do just fine. That's number one. Number two, though, there is a lot of truth to what he was saying about it almost kind of being a little bit like a religion, except that you're not taking your dictates from preacher, pastor, or or, or God. Um, but yeah, people who care about the environment and animal welfare are typically a little bit passionate about it. What I will say, though, is that a lot of the people that have been very preachy to me about stuff, and I'm talking about friends I've had from childhood, a couple in particular, are, are the meat eaters. Uh, they're like more dogmatic and, and more like religious about the need to eat meat than anybody I've ever experienced on the plant-based side. But that's just my opinion, Kenny Cook. Yeah, I mean, look, it's definitely, definitely a little like a religion. And I, and I can see how he says it could be a little cultist because if you meet certain people that are pushing the whole vegan thing, like, but same thing with some people that are pushing the whole meat narrative, it is both ways. I just think that there is freedom of doing whatever the fuck you want to do. It's your life. Don't let anybody lead your life. Do what you feel for is better for your life. Do whatever you feel makes you feel healthy. If you're just looking to enjoy good taste, not caring what you look like or you feel like or live a short life, just eat meat 24-7. Don't worry. It tastes fucking amazing. Let's see how long you let's see how long you live. You, you know. My, my, I say that because it's like, yo, mm. it's not too difficult to have a balanced diet and get a little bit of everything. You don't need to eat meat all the time. Meat all the time definitely messes with your system. It's okay to eat vegetables a whole lot more than we do. We barely eat vegetables. Matter of fact, myself, the, the, I'm Dominican. Dominican families eat, mostly eat a big plate full of rice with beans and a side of some meat. Where do you see vegetables? I mean, beans, right? Besides that, in that plate. Yeah, I mean, it's, if it's not enough. Beans like, you know, lettuce, kale, spinach, uh, you know, calabasa. Um, you know, it's 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 not always there. But but yeah, look, I mean, look, for, for there's people that do it for health. There's people that do it for the environment, because let's face facts. Uh, Animal agriculture pollutes more than like cars and like airplanes do. It's ridiculous the mental damage of these cow farts. Um, not to mention, you know, dead carcasses and stuff going into green waters and and I mean, it's animal agriculture is very bad. It, it, it's it's not like our grandparents, Kenny, in the Caribbean way back when that were eating like animals farmed on like local farms where they grazed and whatever. We're literally talking about the mass uh, factorization of living, breathing uh, animals in like factories. But look, Canelo's can do what he wants. Uh, I know he's going to get a lot of hate for the vegan stuff. I'm sure David Faithelson's got his thing lined up, ready to go. And the, the legions of Canelo haters are going to have something to say about it. But I'll just end on this. I think it's a great move for Canelo. I think it's a great way to, to counteract the... Um, the Mexican meat narrative that's out there. And I think it's a good thing for him to do for, for his body, for the environment. And that at least it gets people to think about eating more vegetables. Right. And I think in an era where you see a lot of pro athletes doing commercials for McDonald's and Burger King and Subway and all of these fast food chains, I think it's actually refreshing to see a, a, another high level athlete, especially in boxing doing something a positive for himself and for other people as well. Let's get to Sly, and then I'll let you cook on the last uh, thought on this topic. Uh, Sly Tendencies, Super Chat, thank you so much, my brother, and for the membership, of course. Sly Tendencies says, remember that Joe Rogan did a all-meat diet because of the opinion of a blogger? No research behind it at all. I respect Canelo for coming out with this. Yeah, I mean, and we're talking about that with you before the show, Kenny. He did an entire month of nothing but meat. Yeah, yeah. He, he, I think that's a little crazy, a little excessive. Um, look, as I, as I said before, final thoughts, just to close it out, find some balance. You know, I, for the most part, I, I'm a vegetarian. I eat meat, you know, once a month, maybe. It's okay to enjoy your meat. It's okay to live life and enjoy life a little bit. 
But if you want to live a long life, you, you need to add some vegetables in there, not eat so much carbs and only carbs and meat because otherwise you're just going to go diabetic, you know, not be healthy, not live a little. Yeah. If, you, if you care about your health, add some vegetables. You don't got to be a vegetarian or vegan. Just add some vegetables and you'll be fine. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely 100% right. Uh, a first step for sure is just eating a well-balanced diet. I mean, that's what we were supposed to learn in school with the five food groups and all of that other stuff. But, you know, it, it's really not that complicated. I mean, just try to eat healthy, right? So, uh, look, I was away, as all of my subs know, because I haven't been on uh, for a little bit. I went to, to Cuba. Um, it was a very uh, interesting trip for me. I hadn't been to Cuba in, um, man, 14 years it has been since I had gone. Uh and I ended up having to go through Panama because the direct flights are few and far between from the United States and they're very expensive. So I flew from JFK to Panama City, from Panama City to Havana. Uh, and uh, I had a pretty good time down there, Kenny. I went down there to set to to, to to set up the beginning stages of an education program there with the University of Havana. And while I was there, I was trying to get out to do other things about boxing, um, Unfortunately, I missed the national tournament there by about two weeks. Uh, not that I would have been able to go before because I had uh, work and whatnot, but uh, but it would have been nice to see the national tournament that took place in Santa Clara this year, which is where I was. That's actually where, for part of the time, that's where David Morrell Jr. is from. Um, and then while I was there, uh, it was announced that on the last day that I was there that Cuban fighters are now going to be able to box uh, professionally while not having to, you know, defect to the United States or to another country. You know, um, people have various thoughts about that. Um, apparently a promotional outfit called Golden Rings Promotion, I'd never heard of this promoter before, uh, got the exclusive deal. I'm surprised Eddie Hearn or Bob Arum or some other major promoter didn't try to make this one happen because it would have just made a whole lot of sense to me. Um, but apparently, yeah, they're going to fight uh, while remaining on the island. Uh, and people are, are wondering if, you know, it means that uh, the government's going to get a cut of their purses. Uh, I got news for people that don't know this. Uh, a lot of foreign governments, including the United States, uh, make you pay taxes on overseas earnings if you're a citizen of that country. So if Cuba does it, it's no different. Argentinian fighters have to pay a huge amount of their purses uh, to the Argentinian government when they come here and fight in the United States. Anyone that knows anything about Argentinian boxers know that. Um, other fighters uh, have to pay uh, uh, taxes back to their own countries. And then, of course, you also have fighters like Manny Pacquiao who fight uh, for the Philip or out of the Philippines, but have to pay income taxes in the United States. So I'm sure the government is going to get some money some way uh, through this. Uh, but personally, for me, it's nice to see that Cuban boxers are going to be allowed to do what Cuban volleyball players and Cuban track and field athletes and Cuban basketball players are able to do. Um, I hope the next step is going to be allowed that the Major League Baseball and the U.S. government allows a Cuban baseball players to come to United States without having to defect. Uh, but yeah, Kenny, those are my thoughts on, on, on that. I think you're lying to us, bro. You're lying to us. You had the 411 before you left. You knew it was going to be announced. You was out there trying to recruit and you ain't even let us know. God damn it. You ain't even tell us. How dare you, bro? Well, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. the only thing is, it's funny you mentioned that because I did make inquiries about going out to La Finca, right? Uh, the national school that they have there for, for you know, the, the Cuban uh, elite boxers. And, um, you know, the person I spoke to told me that, you know, I'd have to ask for permission. And then they would, you know, I'd have to explain why I wanted to do it. Because there have been a lot of people that have gone to Cuba that have tried to poach talent out of the amateur system. And it's a problem that they are... Uh, aware of um you know and um so that might be something i'll be able to do next time um i did get into certain facilities uh 
you know, after school kind of recreation centers where boxing does happen, um, you know, along with basketball and Olympic handball and, you know, volleyball and other sports. Uh, but, um, yeah, you know, I'm hoping to get to the to the school there, Kenny. Um, but I do I, I, I'm going to be talking a little bit more about some projects and I want to work on uh, with, with young sports people down there that I'm hoping people here will be interested in and want to get involved with. Uh, but yeah, um, back to the thing though. I think it, I think it's a good thing that, that, uh, Cuban boxers are now going to be able to do what Dominican boxers could do. But Kenny, I want to hear your thoughts on that announcement too, that Cuban fighters are going to be allowed to fight pro uh, outside of Cuba. It's amazing. It can only make boxing better. Uh, it's more skill coming into boxing, which means that more, uh, challenging fights are going to be happening in boxing which means that the viewership in boxing should increase because you're getting you're putting out better fights you're not trying to charge people pay-per-view for ryan garcia to go you know what i'm saying so it'll be ryan garcia versus someone who's more skilled uh or p- potentially uh but yeah i think it'll just make boxing more challenging which will allow us all to enjoy it much much more and to see more of the cuban style to Get, give like a definite idea or a definite thought of what the Cuban style exactly is. Because what we've seen is the Cuban-American style. Yeah, I mean, the Cuban style is one based usually on really good footwork, really good defense, right? And on uh, oftentimes like pot shotting and counterpunching um, as opposed to like a front foot forward, you know, um, all attack kind of approach but within that i mean you got a lot of variations because obviously rigando laura and uh, rigando laura and uh and gamboa who all came over pretty much at the same time all have very different styles right um as do other people depending on what weight divisions they're in but you're right the cuban style has really been an amateur style kenny and it will be nice to see what a Cuban pro style would look like in the 21st century because it's been a long time since there have been, like, a lot of pro-Cuban fighters. You got to go back to the pre-revolution before that. And we had a um, a statement here from Sly. Yeah, imagine if Teofilo Stevenson, the multiple-time heavyweight champion, Olympian, uh, were, were able to fight pro back in the day. It would have been kind of crazy. Um, so, yeah. Let, let, let's see what happens with that. Um, now, from the next generation of Cuban, Kenny, to the current generation of Cuban world champion, Jordanis Ugas, he's going to be taking on Errol Spence Jr. this Saturday on pay-per-view. Um, I think it's a great fight. I know a lot of people want to see Crawford versus Spence. I get that. Uh, but I can't complain about uh, Spence versus Ugas. You've got the WBA champ, the real champ, not the regu- regular champ. He's the real WBA champ taking on the IBF and WBC champ in Spence. You've got the unknowns, you know, has uh, Spence fully recovered from the car crash? Has he fully recovered from the retina issue? Uh, is he 100%? Is he ready to go? Um, does this version of Spence beat this version of Ugas? Because you can make the argument that Ugas has improved and that maybe Spence has declined a little bit because of the injuries and and the incidences with the eye, right? So I I think it's a really good fight. Uh, I don't know how anyone can complain about a three-belt unification fight. Uh, It's going to be competitive. I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, personally, I can't wait until Saturday night, Kenny. I am so excited for this fight. You know, I, I as I've seen the fight coming closer and I've seen Errol Spence's interviews, it seems more and more like there is possibly a potential of the Terrence Crawford fight happening after this. 
it, it could, people, everybody's pressing him. Everybody. And that, it, his, his responses seem like it's possible. But I'm super excited for this weekend. It's going to be a dope fight. We know your Denny's Ugas and his jab and one-two and his come-forward style. He will be trying to come forward. We know Errol Spence and his jab and his body shot and his one-two as well. And he will also be coming forward. I don't know if there will be a knockout. We'll see. I don't think so. These guys are both very talented powerful jaw having dudes that have fought very powerful people who's gonna win it's difficult to tell i'm gonna tell you i think spence is gonna win but what i think is not exact and i'm not gonna give you an exact winner because i don't know it's it's, it's a toss-up look ugas is great here's my question i'll ask the people in the chat should i predict the fight or should i score the fight because i don't think that it's possible for people to do both objectively i'm sorry i just don't and i've said that before to many many people uh when you pick a fight i don't really give a fuck what your core scorecard says if you pick the winner before you turn in uh your scorecard no judge is allowed to make predictions on fights they're just not allowed to do it so who am i to say that i'm better than a judge and that i should be able to do things that a judge can't do if i am to score a fight objectively, then I should not be making a prediction on that fight. Just like a judge shouldn't give a prediction on the fight because we're all human beings. We all have flaws. We all have bias. And one of the biggest things human beings don't like to be Kenny is what? Incorrect and wrong, right? (laughs) So if you predict a fight and it ends up being a close fight, am I up? You're lying to yourself if you're going to say that I'm not giving it slightly to the person who I predicted. You're just lying. Because the human that's what human beings are going to do. All right? So what I, I, put the, gonna... I put the question mark next to those rounds just in case my bias is judging me the other way, you know? Right? So Sly, Sly, has, Sly has, a, has a solution. He says, Kenny picks maestro scores. Um, yeah, because... That could work because like, like that's a good way of doing it. Because at the end of the day, like I'm gonna be honest, like if you have predicted a fight and then you turn in a scorecard in a in a in a close fight, and that scorecard is in line with your prediction, bro, I'm not rating. I'm not rating your scorecard. I'm just not doing it. Nor am I rating your prediction. So <laughs> let, let's save this. Let's save this one for. Uh, Let's save the prediction and we'll we'll decide what we're gonna do about this. We'll save that one for uh uh for no cap, Kenny. How about that? That sounds good to me for sure. Uh, we'll do we'll do a more we'll do a, a longer preview of this on no cap um on Wednesday. And then um that sounds if you think and if you think I'm bullshitting, guys, let me know if I'm bullshitting by saying what I'm saying. But that's honestly how I feel. It's it's honestly how I feel. I don't think you're bullshitting at we, all. There's just one thing I want to add to though to, yeah. the, to the Spence Ugas thing, and is that I don't think that Spence is going to be affected by his accident and all of that situation anymore. He, when he, it's been enough time for his body to heal. There was no bone structural damage. His retina got detached. It's been reattached. That injury is is it's not something that's easy to happen like that. It, they, like a uh, uh, punch in boxing, unless it's repeated to the same spot with no protection, no feints, no glove, no nothing. A punch in boxing is not going to cause a retina to detach. This is he, true. He is going to be okay with the retina. He's going to be okay with his bone structure. His bone structure wasn't damaged. His muscles, some muscles were damaged. He's been training his ass off since the injury. He was supposed to fight Pacquiao. He did. That means his layoff has been even longer for him to recover his body. Spence is going to be fine. Ugas is going to be fine. This is going to be a hell of a fight. Yeah. And uh, stay tuned for No Cap Wednesday, right? 3 p.m., Kenny? Uh, It's 5 p.m. Eastern time. Oh, 5 p.m., 5 p.m., yeah, No yeah, Cap, yeah. 5 p.m. Yeah, of course. Uh, so no cap, 5 p.m. Eastern time. So I got to give my last little word because we talked about the health and stuff like this. And, you know, I'm going to get in on a fast, Kenny. Right. Um, it's going to sound crazy. I've done it once before. I, I think you know that I did this one once before. It's a seven day fast where all I can do 
is this. You can't really see it too well. The light's too strong. Water and black coffee, baby. That's it. And may, maybe maybe some matcha tea, anything that doesn't have calories. Uh, but I'm going to be going seven days. Your boy got up there and wait, dog. This pandemic hasn't been nice to me. And and after the pandemic, as you know, I injured myself at work and I, and I was sedentary for a bit. And I got up to pretty much 240 pounds, which is way too heavy for me. So I'm starting off with a seven-day. I'm going to be doing low-intensity cardio during that time. And then uh, depending on how things look after that, I'm going to probably uh, definitely ramp up the exercise at that point, Kenny, but do something that you did, which was the juice fast. Remember when you were doing the juice fast? Right? So I'm going to be going from, from water fast uh low low intensity cardio some light exercise uh and then into the juice fast where i'm going to be ramping up the activity i'm gonna be looking like 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 uh like an action figure pretty pretty soon bro i'm gonna be ripped and ready for the summer you know what i mean as you should be bro that's the only way to be uh good job on the dieting and once you do get to the juicing part Mm. You you can ramp up and do whatever you want. You can start working out, lifting weights, oh, running, run, running full intensity. Just make sure you have at least three 16-ounce juices, four 16-ounce juices. If you want some extra little calories to keep you balanced and not drop too much weight, you know what I'm saying? You're good. You'll be good. There you go. So that's it, everyone. Uh, bro, what a great show to come back after that time that we were off, man. Um, good good energy good convo like always bro you, you know we making it happen you my guy 100 percent, bro and uh everybody that's here i want everyone to make sure that you hit kenny's uh channel up all right you guys all gotta make sure that you subscribe to that kenny just drop the link in your channel uh to your channel rather in the box right there all right and I want everyone to make sure that they subscribe to my brother Knocked Out by Kenny. Link is right there in the chat. D-Style Boxing El Capitan. Okay, he's going to be going live at 8 p.m. Believe it or not, Kenny, there's people out there saying that Sebastian Fundora cheated. Can you believe that? D-Style's going to be going in on some of these clowns. I, I saw somebody in the chat earlier. This is crazy. I can't. They, they said his gloves was loaded. This shit is unbelievable. I want to see what D-Style got to say. His show is always insane. He always has me laughing. Good energy. 100%. Always. So uh, D-Style's going to be going in on that one. All right. We, we've we got uh, our brothers 408, Dave from the 408, and Philly Drew Rowish. They do their show. That's going to be later on today. All right. You got to check out uh, that. Uh, the shoe shine. All right. Uh, HCP is going to be live tomorrow night uh, as as usual, okay? HCP is going to be live. Wednesday night, you got women crushing it Wednesdays, okay? Uh, Thursday night, I will be hosting the roundtable right over here on my channel. It's going to be the roundtable right here. I'm working on getting an excellent panel for everyone, so make sure you stay tuned for that. All right, Wednesday during the day, it's obviously knocked out by Kenny. We got the no-cap recap. And Sunday is the big day. You know, the first guys to get at it are Joe Habib and Eric Lorta, ringside reporter live. And check me out on this channel because I'll be going live at various moments uh, this week uh, because I got to make up for lost time, right, Kenny? You got to get back on the grind. I got to get back on the ground even more than that. And um, that's going to be it. So, Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Great show, Kenny. All right, everyone, take care. Thank you. Hey, nigga, Pito, if you SBA pay, you call me Young Repo, old Debo. You can rapidly move your feet, so. But nigga, what's graphics to a cheat code? You know that Garrison for the hood. Turn your cheetah into Cheetos. Flaming. Nigga think he banging. I make you take your chain out of places you should tuck your chain in. But no, you can get it back if you pay him. I make you sniff a wheel if you ever think about Jaden. Quit the parading. Lighten up like Raiden. Act your age. Stop acting like you Asian. Talking like a shaman. Make this trip short like a ride around the Caymans. All that shit you saying. This nigga acting like he was balling out in Chrome Hearts. Came out with a bag smaller.